Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm often uh, delighted and impressed and just kind of... It's beautiful to me, the human capacity to do great things, right? To perform great deeds. Mm, okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, throughout history, and I dare say throughout history yet to come, uh, there will be stories of people who have almost transcended their humanity and done just great deeds, altruistic deeds, for themselves, for their community, and for the planet. Just individuals who've kind of broken through the you know the the, the mundanity or the, the 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 impermanence of mankind and have done great things lasting things mm. you know what i'm saying yeah uh but this is jack of all graves and you can flip that in its head because oh. they're also people who've just <laughs> dedicated their tiny fucking blink of an of a window on this earth just to shithousery right <laughs> just sure. absolute fucking just plowing the fucking same furrow of pettiness mm. throughout their entire four score and ten yeah, to, right. to, to, the, to their own detriment and to the detriment of those around them and it's a case yeah. of that pathological fucking atavism that I'm going to talk about uh, this evening on Jack of All Graves right. um, come with me if you will to Ohio to the small town of Circleville okay, okay. yeah uh, it's uh, it's nineteen it's it's mid nineteen seventies. Circleville is a small town. You may you may call it sleepy. It's known <laughs> for its annual pumpkin festival. Oh, uh, I love a pumpkin festival. Fucking who does not? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's all American. I don't know. It's got a rural character to it. Yeah, um, you got a hayride. You got a, a corn maze. You know all that I, kind of I stuff. I assume. I assume yeah. so. I assume so. Um, all the stranger then. That in 1977, in mailboxes all across Circleville, began arriving a series of highly personal, venomous, hmm? anonymous letters okay. being sent to various residents around the town. Mm. Now, these letters were... Uh, the first thing you would say about them is that they were meticulously crafted. Oh, wow. All right. In a very distinct kind of blocky script, and I'm going to show you some handwritten. A handwritten, yes, handwritten okay. in this this kind of thin blocky script. But they each contained intricate details about the recipient's personal lives. Okay, secrets, scandals, oh, peccadilloes. Yeah, 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 yeah. They targeted. Uh, this was a widespread campaign, right? We're talking teachers, uh -huh. local officials, local newspapers. Uh, people from different walks of life. Uh, a lot of the recipients were kind of connected in some way, uh, be it social or professional, jobs, relationships, employment. But like I said, what made these letters particularly fucking weird and unsettling is the fact that the writer seemed to possess an intimate knowledge of the yeah. recipient's private lives. Yeah, what like what kind of things were were in this? Well, in if you'd letters? like, I can quote from some. Please do. I'm very uh, yeah, curious yeah, yeah, about yeah. this. Okay, here we go. Um, I'll talk about some of the individuals involved uh, shortly, right? But okay. Uh, please, let's keep the writer happy. You have been watched, fail to comply, and you shall suffer. No one can help. No Jeez. one can help you. Obey, obey. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Proper deranged but shit. Maybe yeah. this is your last chance to report him. I know you are a pig and will prove oh. it and shame you out of Ohio. A pig sneaks around and meets other women. Wow. 
you know, uh, pointing to... Is that a thing know, pigs do? I, I, I guess, according to the... <laughs> pigs are known bill, for this. Are you going to believe you aren't getting out of here? I told you two years ago when we set them up. They stay set up. Don't you listen at all? No one wants you out. No one. The joke is on you. Ha ha. Just deranged shit. But, okay, so based on those particular excerpts, it yeah. sounds like, I mean, these people must know, right? Like, who this is, because... This doesn't sound like veiled. It sounds like someone who yeah. like has talked to people about this yeah. stuff and yeah. is now following up. Yeah. Uh, there was absolutely no idea who was behind the letters, right? How is this possible? They were all postmarked uh, Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, but the identity of the writer was... A complete mystery. And it wasn't just letters, right? It wasn't just a campaign of letters. There were uh, phone calls, um, uh, uh, <laughs> offensive signs posted up around the town. Oh, okay. Like what? See, see, here's where it, here's where it gets... I mean, this is a fascinating case, but here's where it really starts to kick off. Because okay. um, in, uh, I think it was 77, the letters started to target, particularly began to focus on a uh, a lady by the name of Mary Gillespie. She was a local mm-hmm. bus driver. Okay. And it began, the, the letters more and more began accusing her of uh, having an affair with a local school governor, right? A guy a who school was, governor? Yes, somebody who worked on the board of governors of a school. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Worked in education, perhaps. Um, a well-respected man. She was, you know, nobody who courted scandal. Sure. <laughs> but just absolutely bombarding Mary and this other guy with just horrible fucking targeted blackmailing letters, hmm. almost. Um, this carried on, targeting Mary, targeting her husband, Ron, uh, until one night, right, in August 77. Ron gets a, a call, a phone call late one night, right? An anonymous call. We never know who it was, but we know from the records that he had a phone call late one night. And he uh, is enraged, flies into an absolute fucking rage, tells his daughter that he knows who is writing the letters, grabs a gun, gets <laughs> in his van, right? Yeah. And later that uh, that night, his car was found. He'd veered off the road. He'd crashed into a tree and died instantly. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Even though Ron wasn't a big drinker, he still he had uh, twice the uh, alcohol level limit in his blood and... Mm. I guess that explains the picking up a gun and running out the door. It does. It does. That gun, that gun had fired one shot. Interesting. Isn't it? And it wasn't lodged in the the cab of the truck or anything like that. No, no, no. But so the letters didn't stop, right? The letters didn't stop. The letters didn't stop until well into the 80s. The letters went on and on and on for fucking years. Uh, theories abounded. Uh, this incident with Ron led a lot of people to believe that uh, the writer was somebody that that family knew personally, you know? Mm-hmm. And there are theories, there are theories and theories and theories, but the writer has still never been found, even here now in 2023. Uh, you know, some years after that, after Ron's death, February 1983, okay? Mm-hmm. Once again, Mary is driving her empty school bus, she's off to pick up the kids. And she sees that somebody has planted fucking handmade signs all along the route of her, all along her bus route. 
uh, the signs were talking about her 13 year old daughter they were fucking obscene yikes she pulls over a bus goes over to one of the signs and finds that it's rigged with a pistol <gasps> yeah 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 how Holy fucking shit. wild is this uh, she takes a sign nothing goes off she takes a sign to the police where they open it and it is booby trapped with a fucking loaded gun wow oh yeah that yep. is intense insane shit um uh, earlier on in fact some guy i brushed over one of the letters sent to mary directed her towards another booby trap on one of her buses a rigged fucking explosive device on one of her buses holy shit was she so was she the main target of this did other people get stuff like this or was it mostly yeah, yeah. just her the the this narrative about uh mary and the school governor getting accused of this affair this was a big 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 focus of the letters but it was by no means the only target you know this mm. fucking these this person or persons mm -hmm. there are theories that it was in fact a group of people yeah. um but they did mad shit like um outside mary's house ron early on in the in the in the you know in the campaign discovered they'd set up surveillance outside his home Jesus. uh Someone unknown had set up a camera, uh, wired it for sound. There was, you know, police operation. The police wanted to uh, open the mail. The police, you know, there was widespread surveillance, a widespread investigation, but there was never a single culprit found. Hmm. I don't buy this. I don't buy it at all. I don't buy that they don't know who it was. Okay. Because it's so targeted right and yeah. so it's someone who appears to know things about these people yeah or if they don't and just think they do yeah they are invested in it either yeah. way right like they for whatever reason this transgression is deeply offensive to this person whether or not that's actually oh, yeah. do we know whether they were having an affair or not were they or uh unsure okay I don't. Uh, I don't believe they were, but okay. but do feel free to if if anybody knows otherwise, <laughs> do feel free to correct me. Yeah, if this person thinks that they were, um, mm. then they are personally invested in the fact that this. But was I, what I've what I've got to underline is the 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 kind of pricey of the situation I've just given there is just the fucking tip of the iceberg. Well, go the, on. The campaign is so 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 widespread, and the theories about who might have been involved uh, are, you know, intricate. There were some, some, you know, conspiracy theories. Is it something to do with the government? Is it a group of people? Is it, a, you know, a, a, a psyop? Um, <laughs> In uh, the town of Circleville, Ohio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, I mean, all of those, so many letters to Ron said that he was going to end up dead, you know? Yeah, and, and, and so... And a few weeks later, he's shot one bullet, wrapped his car under a tree, and he's dead. Right, yeah. I feel like... You know, all of these people, I'm sure these theories and whatever ha have, like, you said that there were various ways in which these people were connected to one another. Yes, yes, um, yes. And to me, that says that they know who is doing this, but they don't want anyone to know. Mm. And therefore, oh, who could it be? <laughs> like, mm. how do all these people, someone actively knows things about their lives. Someone's invested enough to surveil them, to... Mm try to murder them if not succeed in murdering them yeah i don't think that comes out of nowhere you have to know who wants you dead 
there's just no way to me that someone goes that deeply into something and all of these people are like, well, gorsh. I, d- I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't buy um, that for a second. The, the, the debate about who the culprit slash culprits are is ongoing and quite vociferous. I mean, there, there, are, there are lots of theories and lots of players. What are some of the theories? Uh, so a lot of people talk about how, you know, how it's, it's quite Agatha Christie. It's quite an Agatha Christie fucking <laughs> setup. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Um, the, the, the booby trap, for example, the gun in the booby trap, they traced mm-hmm. that. They managed to trace that. Uh, to uh, one of their co-workers, um, okay. and you know, it, it you get you get the impression of a kind of a picket fancy kind of town with all manner of weird shit going on underneath it. You know what I mean? There are there are kind of um, family groups close to other family groups. Some of the so if they close... traced it to the co-worker, why don't they think it was the co-worker? Well, this is it. One somebody went to prison, right? Somebody went to prison oh, okay. over that. Somebody went to prison over the the gun booby trap, um, uh-huh. and the letters stopped for a while when this guy was in prison. But they started again while he was inside. Hmm. You know, and the 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 a guy called Paul Fresher. The prevailing wisdom was that he was guilty, but the letters continued uh, when he was inside. Um, a huge takeaway um, for me from this case. Have you ever, you've read you've read Stephen King's Needful Things? Yes. I've never read Needful Things. No. Oh, it's it's <laughs> brilliant. And there it's is on a, my shelf right here. But you should pick it up. You should read it. It's a nice, it's a breezy read. Yeah, you'll nice. crash through it. Um, okay. And this exact scenario takes place in the middle of it. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna have to read more on this because to me, mm. I mean, that seems okay. So they found a guy who they tracked that to. Um, again, either he did it and then maybe got someone else because he's trying to you know, get an appeal or something. You got someone else start writing yep. letters for him while he yep. was in there to be like, well, it wasn't me. Interestingly, or... he, he, re- he received letters himself while he was inside. They sent mm. letters to him. Yeah, that seems yeah. easily set up. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, mm. I, need, I need people to think I didn't do this, so send me some letters as yeah. well. Um, or, you know, he was framed by whoever did it, but in which case, I think... You know, again, how would you not know who that was? Someone who has access to your house, your stuff, your whatever, and would want you in jail or dead or all these kinds of things. It simply, it defies credulity to me. The case is quite widely written about, right? Yeah. Um, Through what seems some quite credible sources. Um, Yeah. And no way has has definitively pointed to a culprit or culprits. So I'd love your take on it. I'd love your read. Yeah, it's just interesting to me. I think this is one of those... It's kind of like when, you know, one of the reasons why conspiracy theories are often so transparently bullshit is because they expect that people can keep better secrets than they can that like there are large yeah webs of course of, of course going on that like that's the word credulity is perfect isn't it the more <laughs> people you add to a conspiracy theory right. the less credulous it gets yeah like you know and so with something like this the idea that you know there is somehow all of this happening and no one has any idea who it is feels yeah. more to me like maybe there is something all these people were in on or something like that that they have to hide or whatever and they're just like well fuck it was, go- it was <laughs> going on for over 10 years after all yeah like you know like i can't i can't say who is doing this or something like that like it just feels like one of those things where it's like it, you can't you cannot 
have such a widespread case of people getting all of these letters and stuff like that and no one has any clue. Just Unless <laughs> it was ghosts. Oh, ghosts. You're right. Lawyered. You can't tell me it wasn't ghosts. <laughs> I can't. No. Okay. I won't hear it. <laughs> I will have none of it. Ghosts. Solved by Jack of All Graves. Booyah. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Ladies and gentlemen, you are locked in to Jack of All Graves to this week's edition of Joag. I am your co-host, Marco Lewis, ably assisted and abetted by uh, <laughs> my podcast co-conspirator, Corrigan Ed Mountain. And if this is your first episode, welcome. This is the podcast that, over the course of the past few years, has figured a few things out. Mm. We're the podcast that has figured out we've dis definitively proved that there's no uh, God. Right, yep, absolutely. We have all the evidence we here. We science that. We've got files and conclusions and statistics to prove that. We figured that out. Um, we've also figured out that the life in and of itself is essentially pointless true and it's very cruel and the chances of you getting badly maimed and fucked up on a daily basis randomly are way more than you might suspect very high extremely these are some things we like to talk about here on jack of all graves and we are <laughs> privileged and delighted that you have made the decision to join us on the joag journey yes very much so that's nice i, I feel like every night we forget every now yeah. and again that we should introduce ourselves yes to it's good to refresh um, our purpose isn't it right yeah <laughs> what are we doing here what's going on yeah, yeah, why'd yeah, you turn yeah. on this podcast uh mm. people continue to do so so you know they do in their millions uh <laughs> thank you very much whoever it was who wrote a lovely little review of us Corey. have you got it there yeah. do you want to read it out you know i always forget that like the thing you're supposed to do when you have a podcast is tell people to review yes. it uh because yes. nobody just goes and reviews po well i don't know there's probably people who like every day are like writing yep. angry screeds or whatever about podcasts on apple or whatever like but, the circleville fucking point yeah, pen <laughs> right writer. exactly um <laughs> but so yes i never i don't check them i never tell people to review them hey if you would go in and drop us a review if you haven't done that it's good yet. it counts it, it counts uh, <laughs> it makes Corey and I feel really good. Yes, and we just got one that cracked me up the other... I mean, when I say just, it was months ago. I just only noticed oh, it okay. just now. Yeah. It was March that we got this. Um, this person said, Listening to this podcast brought my wife back from the dead. I'm not even married, and her rotting reanimated corpse is leaving stains on the upholstery. Thanks, Jack of all graves. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so you're like welcome, great deal. Lord you. Lilf. Yes. <laughs> Happy we also help. had... Uh, Hope you're very we happy. Had a new member in the Facebook group as well this week. I've lost your name. Don't know who you are, but thank you for joining. You're very, very welcome. Make yourself known. Yes, uh, please. If you, if you, Have if a you chat. see, yes, indeed. If anything catches your eye uh, in the news or on the internet, if you see a, a fucking movie which you want to recommend, if you, if you got somebody you want to say, just shout out. Make yourself known. Join the discussion. Join the dialogue. Because we're very happy to have you. 
Yes, and you know, if you're you're listening to this and you haven't joined into the Facebook group, please do. That's fine we too. keep it intentionally uh, yeah. small. Not that we're like exclusive about it, but we don't. It's not a public group. We're not like courting people into it. Yeah. So I feel we're you know. cultivating our fan base. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like a very chill aggressively vibe Aggressively cultivating so, like, our fan base, keeping it pruned. It makes it sound like we're trying to keep people out. But no, it's more just that, like, rather than it being, like, <laughs> all over the place. Like, <laughs> like, maybe you are. I, maybe I've misunderstood what's happening here. But no, that's to say it's a very friendly and welcoming place that's, like, cool and chill and not, like, huge and uncontrolled as places can be, you know, when you're like, there's too many people in here and sometimes people post crazy shit or whatever. It's like, no, it's just like a small posse. I had to take a few items down from the Joag group in the in the early days. Yeah, uh, I think people have figured out <laughs> what you can and can't post at this point. Uh, we did get <laughs> hit a few times with little strikes from Facebook over yeah. stuff. That a good friend of mine, posted. good friend of mine, Dale uh, from South Wales, <laughs> uh, posted a few actual murders a few times. A few, like, <laughs> like, no videos. Yeah, you can't it's do not that. Not the vibe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not what we're what we're doing here. <laughs> Part of me, uh, but how's your bronchitis you know, at the moment? By the way, how are your airways? You know, mostly okay, except in the process of. So we had a yard sale today. Our whole town had a yard sale, um, and so we were putting all kinds of stuff outside. Much of which has like been in the attic or sitting Oof. on mantles. That like, I am not one of those like women who does things like dusting. Um, I want to be that person and every now and again I'll like go through the house and like you know really get get down into it but I always imagine you as being like you know like in Little Women when somebody will inevitably get consumption and they'll (laughs) cough into like a lacy hanky there's just like a little little red spot there yeah so obviously like if I dust because I have terrible lungs I have to wear a mask all that kind of stuff it's just like not the kind of thing I want to do weekly like you're supposed to so a lot of the stuff that I was like taking down off the mantle and everything just had like layers of dust on it and so for like 90 minutes today after putting everything outside I was just like lying on my side hacking <laughs> it's like good oh, kind bro, of this blows asbestos <laughs> kind of attic dust as well, that, that <laughs> spicy dust yeah, Fibers. real spicy. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should go get my inhaler, but my inhaler was upstairs and I was like, I'm just gonna lie like this instead and uh yeah, so so that happened. But other than that, I am breathing so well. <laughs> I love to hear that. I really do. <laughs> it's it's mm. a wonderful thing. Um and it's been a just a gorgeous like we I mean it rained all day yesterday. That's fine, but it's just been like gorgeous and nice and it, it feels oh, this like this is music to my ears. Yeah, it just feels like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, craziness going on in my life right now, but I can forgive a lot if it's just, like, nice out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about things, and you know? for my part, uh, I'm on a wonderful roll in terms of sleeping, in terms of my oh, it's beautiful. Uh, ability not. to sleep. Oh, you're not? <laughs> no, I went through, like, uh, two weeks mm. where I was, like, Every other night getting seven to eight hours. And I was like, fuck yeah, this rules. Real nice. And now I'm back to like three or four again. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, just like you say, you know, as wonky as things are, if, if if you've got a nice sunny day, you can deal with it. I'm the same with sleep. If, even if things are a little right. bit fucking stressful. And they are. Yeah. Uh, if I've had if I've had my Zeds, you know what yeah. I mean? it's not like, can't be that bad. 
<laughs> I'm glad you're getting your Zeds. Yeah, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, we had a wonderful book club yesterday uh, reading Grady Hendrix's How you to some... Sell a Haunted House. Huh? You have a couple of new attendees? Yeah, we had new attendees, which is great. So I, I kind of redid the book club like website and things like mm-hmm. that, the like page, jackofallgraves.com slash book club, if you're interested in joining it. Um, and like for one, now everything's on Discord. So I changed it to like, you know, hey, everything's going to be on Discord, yada, yada. Mm. But also I put like a contact form on it and was like if you're interested in joining the book club fill this in it'll email me or whatever and so people actually like started emailing being like i would like to be a part of this and that gave me a way to then know that and like be Mm. able to like write to them and be like okay here's what you need to know um and all that stuff so you know welcome to dan and greg who came this week um dan has read (laughs) All of the books, and this is the first one that he's just been able to make it to, which is great. He's just been, like, quietly reading along to himself uh, (laughs) and finally was able to make this one. I also accidentally banned him on Zoom one of the times because his name looked spammy. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's not a real person. Banhammer. No, not Dan. Like, it was, like, (laughs) it had, like, a bunch of, like, letters and numbers or whatever in it. (laughs) And so I was like. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm. That person's totally going to be jerking off when I let them into this. So <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. And then he was like, well, um, I tried to come. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck, sorry. You know, Discord security is important. You, you know that I've had yeah. my issues with people trying to fucking hack me through Discord. Yeah, that's kind of mm. weird. You, Yeah. You get, I was about to say, you get kind of hacked a lot, but then I realized that one time that you thought you were hacked, it was actually yourself when it was your credit card when we were in, yeah, like, yeah, Lincoln or something yes, like yes, that. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, I got, a, <laughs> what was it, a charge from... A charge uh, from, um, gosh, I don't know, like some Portugal other Portugal or somewhere? Yeah. Your credit card said you were charged from somewhere else, and then we were, like, sitting there trying to figure it out, and I was like, wait, what was the amount? Wasn't that how much you just paid for parking? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that. Uh, anyway, welcome, new <laughs> book club crew and book club crew. Yes, yes, Happy yes, yes. Oh you. yeah, uh, 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 watch along Saturday. Watch along this coming so, Saturday, the twenty seventh of May in the year of our Lord Keanu, twenty twenty three, twenty and twenty three. So expect a poll going up. It's trash to pieces. <laughs> trash to pieces. I'm never convinced I'm saying that right, but no. that's <laughs> the. Uh, category for this weekend uh, I'll get a poll up Basically my poll choices are going to be uh, Taken simply from scraping Anna's uh, letterboxed watches And I know you never Listen to me about this But please for the love of God Put I know who killed me On that poll I don't care if it wins but it needs to be on the poll I'll write it down Thank you I appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) This is every single time I'm like, there's this one thing I really want you to put on the poll, and the poll goes up, and everyone's like, Mark didn't put your movie on it. I know. Uh, You have a Marco guarantee that I will do it this time, and those things are fucking, that's a lock, mate. (laughs) Right? Okay. Beautiful. I trust you on that. So watch along. Come hang out with us. It's been a minute, and it's going to be glorious to get to hang out again. Very sorry Uh, I loved the little uh clip video that you posted of us oh yeah for those of you who have done the right thing and supported us on ko-fi um 
we obviously have some like videos that we're going to make and put out from our travels. Mm. Um, but of course, my husband works out of state most of the time and he's the real editor in the family he's going to help me actually make like good videos out of those so mm. in the meantime uh for he those of you an who absolutely fantastic job on the don't go in the van uh, yeah exactly he he did our intro video yeah, um, yeah, yeah. for the con that we did in november um i should post that as well i think i actually posted it on instagram so you, you can did see that yes, if you, you like did. um and so he's going to help us with this but he has to be home in order to do that. So in the meantime, I made a little just clip video to give you a little taste of what it's like to hang out with me and Mark uh, as we wander we've, um, through f- cities we've never been to. We've done some cool shit, haven't we? That that yeah. that, that Comic Con was a great laugh. It was, yeah. I think we have done some very cool stuff in our uh, few years of knowing each mm. other face to face. In my four five four or five trips to your fine yep. country at this point and there'll be loads more to come i dare yeah. say so keep an eye out the uh the regular videos will come soon enough but for now uh subscribe to us on ko-fi for as little as three dollars per month and you can uh see that we'll get a snack up soon as well yep uh, that's a steal month. isn't it three dollars a month i know so that's three dollars i thought I thought our lowest tier was a little bit higher. It feels as though no, we've been $3. very, very decent there, very realistic. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just three bucks, three but bucks, that, five bucks, and that's ten bucks. Fair. Those are our that's tiers. Fair. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we're at least giving you $3 of mm. content, you know? Um, <laughs> very fair so, price, that. Yeah. If you'd like to get on board, it's in our link tree. You can also get to it from jackofallgraves.com. <laughs> From jackofallgraves.com <coughs> or it's ko-fi.com slash jackofallgraves. Uh, super quick. I did ask last week for your examples of oh, things yeah. that have happened to you which have been, yes, com- yes, which yes. are inexplicable as fuck and that you cannot put any kind of reasonable physical explanation for. And we've got one from long time uh, and long suffering uh, friend uh-huh. of the cast, Paul Thomas. Here we go. I'm, going to, I'm just going to read directly, right? And what I'd like you to do, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, uh, I would like you to basically solve this. <laughs> right? Oh, boy. All right. Hit if me. We take a few things, if we take a few things as read, we're going to take this account at face value, right? Yes, of course. So for the, you know, in the interest of this, everything happened just as Paul has documented here. Here we go. Right. Weird stuff that has happened. Once and once only for me, it was over at a friend's house aged around 15 chatting and playing PC games. He had a small bottle of distilled water in a prescription medicine bottle used to clean the printer heads. The type where to open it, you have to push down and twist at the same time to make it childproof. I'd been opening and closing it throughout the day, but it was on the table closed. Remember, you could only open it by pushing and twisting. My friend was talking about how he thought his house was haunted, a long-standing belief of his. I thought it was nonsense. While telling me about the latest nocturnal noises which he attributed to a poltergeist, and Paul goes caps lock at this point, the (laughs) cap of the bottle on the table popped off and fell onto the table. Explanation, please. (laughs) I mean, if we're going to go with the sort of Occam's razor explanation here. Yep, yep, yep. I must say that in the pulling on and off of the top throughout the course of the day, it was not in fact, secured 
yeah. on there, maybe sort of at an angle or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. something nudged Had the table. Had the plastic or... been kind of tense and would have just right. popped off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know that kind of thing has happened to me a million times where it's like yes. I just put something on weird and all of a sudden it's like pop and I'm like, Boing. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? Plenty That's of times I'd, I'd be like nodding off on the sofa or whatever and I'd hear a bang and it's like the lemonade bottle that has just popped right. weirdly. You know, yeah, gas. Yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. And obviously, So one explanation is mean... gas. Yeah, because what was it that was inside of it? Distilled water, he says, to Distilled clean water, okay. uh, printer heads, which places that experience yeah. in a very particular <laughs> time frame. that, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that would be my, my main yes. thought, is that it just simply was put on weird or something in such a way that, yeah, the tense bottle just kind of popped it off. Mm. Do you have uh, any I enjoy other that. theories? Do, no, I don't. I think, I think what, you've, what you've done there is, is as close as I would have come. But just as ours from last week, we will never know for sure. We'll ne- yeah, we'll never know for sure. Best guess, like Corey said, you've been twatting about that bottle, putting the top off, putting it back on. You hadn't quite put it all the way on. And, you know, the 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 weird dimpling of the plastic finally released the tension and the top went pop like that. That's that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if anybody else has any more of these, keep them coming. Look, we've got that yeah. many listeners, that many millions of listeners. I'm certain <laughs> that some of you yeah, have others more have. Weird things going on. Also, we will solve them. We we will solve your mysteries. Give them yeah. to us, and we will solve them. Like that is an mm-hmm. ongoing invitation. Yeah. Um. Also, I just wanted to say that I enjoyed this week that we got lots of feedback from all over the place about the Kitty Genovese case because, yeah, yeah, as yeah, I had just... said, it is one of those things that you hear mm. all the time. Um, multiple people, like Richard, like um, Hannah Helms. Uh, like had said like they you know they are psychologists or took psychology courses and remembered this coming up and they had you know heard this as told um, so very fun to sort of hear that the debunking mm. there was the first time that people had done that and as such I'm sure our dear listeners now are going to go into the world and every time they hear someone talk about Kitty yes, Genovese and the yes, bystander yes. effect, they are going to correct it for somebody else. Viral truth. That's what <clears> this <throat> is. Viral exactly. justice. Yeah. So I really loved that. Thanks for thanks mm. for letting me know. I always love that kind of feedback on cold opens because I do put a lot of time into those. <laughs> it's validating when people, you know, give feedback like that. I, I do love that idea that, that it's it's like a like a stone thrown into a pond right. radiating kind of ripples of truth out into society. Yeah. We'll never know who all, you know, learns from this, but it's happening, I guarantee it. And I love yeah. that. Love <laughs> that. Love that. Love that. <laughs> Did you um, watch anything interesting this week? So, yeah, a couple of things uh, that I think bear a little discussion. What about you? Yeah, I watched a few things over the course of this week. Well, let's follow up real quick, okay? This is this is an important thing that I think I have to talk about initially, mm. get it off my chest, whatever. I watched Step Brothers. Oh. <laughs> now. Wonderful. I want oh, please to, don't like, offend. You're not going to offend me, no, are you? Okay. I need to, like, caveat this heavily. Because yeah. this is going to sound like I didn't like the movie. And that's not what I mean. But, okay. I wish that I had seen this movie in 2008. Yes, yes. Because the problem with this movie is that it's been so heavily quoted 
for yeah. 15 years yes. that there's no element of surprise at all. You feel like you've seen this. it even though you haven't. I feel like I've seen it. Mm. Uh, you know, and shitty versions of just people quoting it, you know, like not even like really seen it. I likened this too. So when I was in college, several of my friends, like their favorite movie was Sleepless in Seattle. And oh, so... Okay. We all went, I'd never seen it before, so we all got together in my quad and watched Sleepless in Seattle. And, like, they were all quoting through it and all this kind of stuff. It was so memorable to them and all this. And as such, it ended and I was like, it's fine, I guess. I don't it's a know. strange movie to base a personality around. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't they based their personality on it. It was just a movie they, like, loved deeply. Um okay. And, you know, I'd been watching their whole lives or whatever. And I was like, I did not see this in 1990 or whatever when the rest of you saw this. I get, and, listen, I get how that could be a thing. <laughs> yes. yes. And so, so, like, someone who's, like, quoting it and all this kind of stuff, it's just like, okay, I guess I see where these quotes come from now. That mm. was, like, with Step Brothers where I kind of felt like, I was like, it's funny. It's for sure funny. It's just, like, I have this weird feeling underneath it that I'm, like, I'm not that amused by it because I already know where every yeah. joke is going. And yeah, I feel like movies like that, the first time you see them, need that element of surprise. You know, you have to be like, holy fuck, he just put his junk on that drum set. You know? <laughs> he like, backed his drum set, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you need that first time that you you watch it to be like, oh, oh my god, what? Uh, uh, that bunk bed fell down, you know? <laughs> Stuff like that, as opposed to, like, having <laughs> seen it, and heard it. It's a movie that remains quite heartwarming to me i find the last kind of 20 minutes of stepbrothers super heartwarming and, and <laughs> right. a feel good film uh well, but yeah, yeah it's got I, a I lot of heart how, which i appreciate yeah it does have a great deal of heart uh it also has prestige worldwide <laughs> but no i get that oh, do you know brother. i suffered a similar uh i suffered a similar approach to game of thrones i didn't watch it sure. until very very late on mm-hmm. until which point i feel as though i could have constructed the right. major beats of the entire series based on tweets you know um i mean that's well, like thank, game thank of thrones did you oh, did you at Sorry. least did you at least chortle oh yeah yeah, yeah. like okay. like i said i it's not that i didn't like the movie it definitely had laughs in it um yeah. it just like i wish that i hadn't been hearing it quoted for 15 years so i could have like really yeah. got the full brunt of the effect mm, okay okay uh do you want to talk about sisu oh sure yeah, so we, we watched that one together, uh, sort of, you fell asleep through part of it. <laughs> I did, but I, I, I went back and replayed the bit that I missed. I, oh, I good, did, okay. I did watch it all the way through, because I was, I was, yeah, I was involved, I was drawn in. Yeah, um, I have mixed feelings about this one. Yeah, so context-wise, it's it's a film that's having a bit of a moment at the moment. It uh, is. A, it's a very simple film in which essentially you have... paired back. Yeah, it, the it? plot is just kind Minimalist. of a guy killing Nazis, uh, yeah. being pursued by Nazis, and then killing those Nazis. I think it takes place in Finland, uh, mm-hmm. where a gold prospector uh, made the decision to remove himself entirely from the the the, the theatre of battle in his country, and just to find his fortune in gold and start a, a, a new life, a quiet life. However, it turns out this man is actually... Uh, a retired military fucking animal known for creative, elaborate, and, you know, bloodthirsty ways of killing for the Russian army, I think they said. Mm-hmm. So he finds some gold. He runs afoul of a platoon of Nazis. 
and the the entire film. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say, Cory, the entire film is him dispatching them. Yeah, basically. In a, a you know in ever more elaborate and gory ways. Yeah, and I think I enjoy that. Obviously, um, yes. all for your standard killing Nazis. Um, I like. I think the gore is fun in it. Um, the gore I is think... fun. The gore is plentiful. I think it's yeah ballsy to mm-hmm. uh, give your your lead actor, your lead character, no dialogue. Absolutely no dialogue. Right. He's totally yeah. silent the entire thing. And I'm torn on how well that works. So yes. I think one of the things about this is there's like a dog in it who, yeah. of course, when you're watching a movie, and, and I want to be clear, I hate when like people say like, oh, I care more about the dogs than the people or whatever. Like, I think there's mm. something to that because, of course, it's like children or things like that, like, we take care of animals. They're helpless, right? So, like, there's a part of our heartstrings that is pulled at because yes. this is something we understand, like, is defenseless. They've done nothing wrong. At the same time, like, you should care about humans. <laughs> so I'm not trying to, you know, be, like, one of those folks who's like, fuck humans, just save the dog or whatever. That said, I think because our protagonist here does not speak in this mm. movie... And the only things we know about him are through other people talking to him. They give him this dog that we worry about to give us some form of emotional core. And that feels like a cop out to me. And therefore, I'm Shorthand, not that. Yeah. yeah, I'm not interested. I'm not actually invested in this story. I'm nervous that the dog is going to die. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not invested in what happens to him. Um, and so at times, like, you know, I was really trying to watch. It's short. It's only like 90 minutes or whatever. Which I was like, I'm going to. Big time. <laughs> yes. I was like, I'm so I'm going to try to like watch this with no phone or, or anything like that. But yeah, at yeah, times yeah. I was just I just was bored because I'm not attached to any anyone in this or anything happening. So you're right about the gore, right? The gore is plentiful. And mm-hmm. this is this film has the meat. This is a meaty fucking meaty <laughs> carnivorous carnivores meat feast of a film. Yes, very much so. Now, it's also... where My off-ramp was that it's also very heavily stylized. Yeah. Uh, considering it's a film set in, like, the 30s, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that about right? Somewhere in there? I'm not sure when Finland is really involved in any of this, to be honest nor with you. I, listen, nor am I. <coughs> but despite it being a period piece... Uh, you know, it's it's shot and edited very much like an action movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's got action movie stylings. It's also um, Tarantino is all over it. Yes, extremely down yeah. to the fucking fonts it uses. <laughs> uh, down to you know, frequent title cards, chapter one, chapter two, and that, like I said, that's my off ramp because I am so. F- fucking far over Tarantino. Right? Oh, extremely, yeah. I am Agreed. so fucking over that whole <clears throat> thing that I'm even over movies which have its stank all over it. Right, yeah. And it became very clear very quickly that, you know, the 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 guy who made this has seen a Tarantino <laughs> film or two. <laughs> yes. That was what actually caused me to downgrade it. I went from a four mm. to a three and a half stars after it had bedded in. I was washing yeah. dishes earlier on, in fact. <laughs> uh, in in a reverie, just gazing into the middle distance, right. and I thought to myself, "I'm going to downgrade Zizou to three and a half stars." I think, <laughs> and I came in and did just that. Very philosophical, Fuck yeah. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know, it's a it's a fun enough watch or whatever. 
but I don't know. It just doesn't hit me in the way that I would like it to. And and, uh, to be fair, that's also like, that's part of what the point is. You know, there's plenty of like sorrowful Holocaust movies out there and things like that. And this is very intentionally not one of those, (laughs) you know, completely. um, but the fact that I felt like, you know, adding an animal to care about into it felt like it was like, like it knew it hadn't given you anything to root for. Thinking about it, it's as much, it's as much influenced by Robert Rodriguez as it is Tarantino. It's very Mariachi, you know. Very much so as well. Yeah. It kind of just has that very, like all those guys who kind of made their names as the ultra violent, uh, witty, um, stylized, but the thing Action is, movies of like the, the mid nineties. It's 2023, isn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've, is we've it all time seen for that? Have we, like, yeah, I don't know. Have we moved up past that? I, I think don't we know. We might have outgrown that a little bit. I don't. Yeah. Know. So yeah, I guess it's if you're looking for a little catharsis, you just want to see Nazis blow up and yeah. shit like that. Like it will provide that. Just you, oh, it will. It will provide that. Out of that. <laughs> it will provide that, but nothing else. Yeah, I kind of felt similarly uh, to kind of the stylized thing. I watched How to Destroy, a, How to Blow Up a Pipeline yesterday, right, yeah. which I was really looking forward to, um, you know, love a good eco-terrorism tome and whatnot. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and the story behind, or the story of How to Blow Up a Pi- Pipeline is basically this group, this sort of disparate group of people, um, young people. Uh, sort of get together in order to blow up a pipeline, but for various mm. reasons. So they all have kind of different things in their backgrounds that have driven them to the point of eco-terrorism. Yeah. Um, it's fiction. Is it? It's fiction, yes. Right. Um, and so you're... So the movie is presented non-linearly. Um, and so you're kind of going back and forth between the action of them going to try to blow up this pipeline and then their stories. So like, then it'll go back to, it'll say the names of the characters or whatever. And you get like a little bit of it. That's like, what, like pub fiction, I guess. I mean, or reservoir dogs. (laughs) Fucking hell it is. It's that you just described. (laughs) Essentially. Like, it's certainly not a thing that hasn't been done before, you know? Um, And I don't think it serves this movie. Like, that's the thing is uh, what it ends up doing is like every time there's about to be some form of action happening, it cuts that action and shoots back to something else. And you're then watching, you know, someone's emotional story. uh, No, that feels frustrating. Yeah, exactly. So like I kept on like, you know, every time you're like really getting into the action, it pulls you out to go and tell you about like someone's sob story. Do you and know, the most you, egregious yeah. example of that I can ever, ever think of, because that strikes a chord with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> did you see uh, Godzilla? So go like back, the, back, back, back. The one with Brian Cranston in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, from like eight or nine years ago. That's the one. Yeah. It just, it, it blue balls is the fuck out of you with Godzilla, right? <laughs> they talk yeah, about really Godzilla does. throughout the entire film and you get glimpses of him. And yeah. you see him on news articles. And just as he's about to fucking come out the water and start <laughs> ripping shit up, it just cuts the fuck away. Right. Yeah. To like a, a completely unrelated shot. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's frustrating. I don't. Mm. I, that is not how. I mean, the idea of this, like, there's so much tension in mm. watching a group of people go to 
commit eco-terrorism. Yes, And yes. I would like, I think this movie would have been served much better both from a character building and action standpoint because when you're only also getting these like little vignettes of the people, yeah. you really don't care that much no, about no, them. No, no, no. If we had watched them, you know, assemble all this kind of stuff, tell their stories, things like that in the beginning and then that culminated yeah. in the, the blowing substance. up of the pipeline that would be a great movie as it's sort of set up it just made me frustrated the whole time okay i won't watch that yeah i don't think you would enjoy how to blow up a pipeline i will not watch that um <laughs> for reasons known only to myself mm. um i i decided to give halloween ends another crack yeah right what why? Don't interrogate me too deeply on my <laughs> motives here, right? Don't dig too much for meaning in this so, decision. Yeah. It had just popped onto Sky Cinema. It was in front of me. Uh, <laughs> I was a little bit deep into the devil's lettuce, if you know what I'm saying. Which, like, to me, I would be like, oh, I'll watch something that, like, goes with my mood now that I'm nice and, and stoned. But no, you were like, no, nah, let me kill it. Let me kill my vibe. <laughs> That's, which is which is quite a Marco thing. I'm quite a it self-sabotaging is, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, even 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 with the vibes, I want to kill the yeah. kill the vibes. Some I will always find a way to kill the vibes, and right. that's what Halloween ends did. It is in no way a different film than the one I remember seeing. Nope. It, it, being crushingly disappointed and confused by it at the cinema, it's just <laughs> just a dog's dinner. It's an absolute mess. Yeah, I I you know looked at my own ratings on that after you said that you were watching it, um, mm. and I was like, I think I've watched it more than once, and I did. I watched it when it came out, um, like in the theater. Uh, mm. And I believe my rating was just, oh no. <laughs> like that was my review. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched it four days later on Paramount Plus or whatever it was streaming on, uh, just to be sure, like maybe on second watch, I'm going to like this better. Maybe I was not in the right zone for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, maybe yeah. now that I know what the angle is, I'll like it better. And no, no I believe not. then my review was imagine caring about any of this. Mm, <laughs> like, unbelievable. Just, ooh, deeply bad. Uh, it's been a while, but it, it did make me miss Freddy Krueger. It made me badly miss Freddy Krueger and ask <laughs> questions aloud, give voice to questions about mm. where he is. Where is Freddy Krueger? Where you is know, Freddy? Fucking hell. Somebody find him for us. Somebody Missing on the back of a milk carton. Freddy Krueger. Have you seen me? <laughs> Yes. Um, I also uh, rewatched Phenomena. Do, 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 do. Phenomena. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, the of course the we Dario didn't plan Argento. that by the way, dear listeners. No. That wasn't rehearsed or planned. I think my delay in responding will tell everyone yeah. that that's the case. Um, yeah, Phenomena, the Dario Argento film from 1985, mm. starring Jennifer Connelly as a little girl who can communicate with bugs. Um, I watched that quite recently, and I remember it being fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, it is boring for the vast majority of its runtime, but when it, like, goes, it yeah, goes yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, yeah. hard, and it gets, like, so insane um, that, like, I can't fault it. That. Even even when it's being boring, though, even, like, you know, prosaic transitory scenes. Right. It'll be scored with like the music is like particularly unhinged for Dario. Like Dario Argento always has like 
yep. crazy music. This Ever one present, is like tense. Yeah, there's no reason for the music in this to be like all metal. <laughs> And yeah, yet, yeah, for yeah, some yeah. reason, yes, like yes, yes. that was the motif he decided to go with. Mm. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, exactly that. That it's like you you harbor no sort of ill feelings about the fact that no, the movie no, no. is boring because like it's it's doing its thing. It's argentoing hard. It's, it doesn't you know, care if you find it boring. Right. And then <laughs> it's like, listen, if you wait it out, you're gonna see yeah. some insane it, violence yep. and you know. Mm. Uh, overacting that's just absolutely beautiful um yeah so nice nice yeah nice. good choice good choices there corrigan thank you um did you watch anything else well i did in my relentless attempt to slaughter the vibes <laughs> i moved from halloween ends last night on to uh where's craven's 1972 last oh. house on the left yeah yikes man big yikes. i am a i'm a i'm a creature at the mercy of my whims right <laughs> Uh, I am a creature just beholden to my impulses. I'm a slave to my limbic system. Uh, I had a, a brief kind of, oh, maybe I should watch Last House on the Left, and it was on before I knew it. Um, <laughs> and I made it the whole way through. There's a lot of good in there. It's it's it, much like Spielberg's Duel or mm. uh, Bad Taste. It's great seeing you know, someone who would go on to become one of the all-time greats honing their craft right, and yeah, learning yeah. learning their shit in front of you, you know? <laughs> um, but again, uh, my off-ramp, and I'm, I'm certain it would be your off-ramp as well, is that, look, there is relentless depictions of sexual violence in the film yeah. in the same way as many films of that era do, you know what I mean? Right. I spit on yeah. your grave. There's... Exactly. Uh, I've not done this for a while, but I would. It's rape core, isn't it? Let's face it. That's it what is. this is. Yeah, it is 100%. The, the, the horror of sexual abuse, and it is unflinching and prolonged, deeply uncomfortable. Um, what it, what it also does is it 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 juxtaposes really fucking horrible sequences with uh, sequences of like you know just happy family life. The parents of one of the victims of the girls, uh, you know, despite the fact that they're older in their 60s, by the look of it, they still enjoy a really healthy kind of flirtatious romantic relationship around the house, which is lovely. It's really nice to see. But scenes of them at home are smashed right next to scenes of, you know, just sexual violence and, and, and psychological torture. It's jarring. It's not what I'm going to ever watch again. Uh and I'm glad, to be honest, that Wes... Ah, there was a lot of this stuff in Hills Have Eyes as well, wasn't there? Yeah, ex like, that's the thing, is, like, early Wes Craven is, like, just a different animal from what mm. he became. And I'm I'm very glad of that. Like, if it was all like that stuff, you would not have me um, on mm. board. Interesting. I mean, if you take John Carpenter, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Before he started regularly making horror he you know his his kind of learning my craft big film was dark star wasn't it that sci-fi piece that he did right early in the day um <laughs> that was where he grew he, he kind of got his start and i guess with wes craven his early muse was girls to abuse yeah you know? i mean that's very much like that was kind of just every genre of film in the 70s mm. too was just kind of like as soon as like you know Hayes Code is out of the way and all these kinds of things it was like let's just like let's just beat and rape women 
That was For what, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, that was what media in the 1970s was, which is why, like, largely that era has never really hit for me. <laughs> like, mm. okay, like, and it's just, it's just men making this stuff, you know? There's no, like... Yeah, yeah also true, also true. Henry, you know, Henry pointed to receiving right, the Right, yeah, one. exactly. It was quite, yeah. the, quite the thing, wasn't it? Quite the, yeah. quite the vogue. Yeah, so no, not into no, not really. that kind of stuff. Although, as I told you, uh, my friend Sarah's dad is one of the villains, the rapists in that uh, movie. Unfortunately, he passed away like a decade ago. Um, and okay. he's like a really nice guy, but that's not the what only What was his name? Movie. Let me look it up and see which one he was. David Hess. Um, H-E-S-S. Yes. And that's not the only movie where he like plays like, ah, yeah, a yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah, horrible yeah, character like that. He's too. got that face. He's got yeah, that kind of face. He's got like menacing face or whatever. But like, he's got that Richard Keel kind of Jaws yeah, look about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was a very nice man in real life. Super sweet, like into yoga and like new agey things, and just like super chill guy. So he was. You know. uh, he was in Wes Craven's 1982 Swamp Thing. Nice. I love Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing was good times. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> not like Last House on the Left. Not good no, times. Not good times. Anything uh, else for you? Yeah, I also... Um, so on Anna's... I don't know if recommendation is necessarily the right word for it. Just Anna yeah, was yeah, yeah, her yeah, yeah. one of her stories this week. She was watching an anthology called Tell Me a Creepy Story. And she pointed out that she was the first person to rate it on um on letterboxd so i was like oh that's interesting uh and she pointed me towards i was like where did you watch this she pointed me towards an app um called hoopla if you don't know about hoopla this is great i mean if you're in britain this is not going to help you at all but here in america this app hoopla h-o-o-p-l-a if you have a library card you can log into hoopla and you can rent five things per month. So that can be movies, that can be books, audiobooks, um, like albums. <laughs> um, and this arrives to you in app. This arrives yeah. in the app. And oh, you can I love just, that. Yep, that I have the app on my Roku, on my TV. So yeah. I was like, this is awesome. I logged in with my library card and I was able to watch this brand new uh, 2023 anthology called Tell Me a Creepy Story. Um, and it's really, I think you would, you would enjoy this, Mark. Um, the first story in it, they're not connected. Um, although there are some things that recur like cannibalism, Mm. for example, (laughs) throughout these stories. The first one I literally had to just like mute, um, because it was like a really gross cannibalism story with like lots of close up mouth sounds and like food and other things a la ravenous lots of shots of people fucking messily eating right close-ups yeah. of mouths just like that but like beards even with more. fucking yeah, yeah, with yeah stuff yeah. all in it yeah Ugh. exactly that so eventually like like five eight minutes in i was like can't do it nope and just muted yeah, the rest yeah. of that one um but yeah they're kind of interesting stories um and i think like you know i love an anthology And these are all, you know, very, they each have kind of their own style, but they're mostly very quiet, not a lot of dialogue Mm. um, in these kind of just people like going about uh, 
their deeds, whatever the topics of each of these things are. Um, some really interesting uh, filmmaking in these, some uh, interesting stories, uh, things that, yeah, you haven't really seen before, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I think Tell Me a Creepy Story is it's worth 2023, yes, yeah, it's new. Yeah, 2023. Oh, yeah. 90 minutes as well. Yeah, it's short. It's like four or five stories. Very attractive. In and out. Um, and yeah, it's solid. Very attractive. Thank you, Corrigan. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that's everything. So, we're yeah, I have think to so. I think it is. Oh, uh, I, I was, th- I was thwarted from seeing Bo as a phrase. I, I must point out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were. I threw down to see some that. fucking, you know, threw down some cash. Uh, support my boy Ari Aster. Go see Bo as a phrase. Super pumped. Super psyched. Couldn't wait. Got to the cinema, and uh, so trailers played, adverts played. The BBFC kind of certification card came up. You know, uh-huh. Bo's Afraid has been rated. Da, 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 da. Uh, studio logos, A24. Uh, and then it kind of stopped and looped, went back to the beginning. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of us look around. Oh, yeah, okay. Did it again. Did it again a couple of times, then stopped completely. Somebody comes out to the front. Sorry, we won't be able to proceed. Project a fault. They're going to send me a voucher. And I'm going to miss Bo's Afraid at the cinema. So, oh, that's kind of son a bummer. Of a bitch. But, yes. I don't know. This movie. So I, I came not... on and watched Halloween Ends and Last House on the Left instead. <laughs> to cheer myself Solid. up. Solid. Yeah, this is what <laughs> happens. Uh, Bo is Afraid is interesting because obviously, being Ari Aster, it had so much sort of hype built up around it, whether positive or negative. Like, yep. you know, people were like interested in what the heck this was going to be. You know, the trailer looks terrible. The trailer looks, the trailer looks great. Whatever. And then I feel like it came out and it simply feels like it wasn't that interesting. <laughs> you know, like people uh, had kind of reactions to it or whatever, but it has n- had no like, you don't just yeah. see people talking about it like they did about Midsummer or about um, Hereditary. It's certainly Hereditary. come and gone, hasn't it? It's, it's Exactly. Kind of, like oh. it made no impact. Like yeah. some people went and saw it that you know, when it opened and then well, it just kind of fizzled. It feels to me as though Hereditary took on its own life when it got a home release, when it when it True. came to DVD. Yeah. You know, it, that was a that was a grower. And I don't know, maybe Bo will do the same. Yeah, business. maybe it will. Know. But and I think that, like, also, to be fair, I don't know that Ari Aster was trying to recapture those things. I think this seems like, mm. you know, because I think it was Ben from Dead and Lovely who was like, it's like. Charlie Kaufman directed by that's oh, I get I get I can't remember you who know it was but yeah you get the Charlie Kaufman vibes, from vibes. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely and I think that if you're making a Charlie Kaufman esque movie you know your audience is, is niche <laughs> that's yeah you know yeah, you're yeah, not trying to win everybody over with a movie like that so. You know, it is. It's just interesting to me to see that that movie just kind of like really came and went without mm. causing like a ton of conversation. Yeah, it did. I, I'm just disappointed to have missed it. I was looking yeah. forward to seeing it. <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing what you think when you finally do get a chance to see it. Unfortunately, well, can, at home. Yeah, that's uh, cool though. Listen, what we need to do here, right at this mm. juncture. We do. Uh, is we need to circle back and we need to check back in 
on something which we've kind of left bubbling away on the stove, haven't we? Yeah, it's always on the back burner, isn't it? It's it's like a mother dough. It's like, you know, when you're making like a sourdough and you always have it in, yes. in the, you know, just like sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this yeah. is for uh, This is our mother dough. We've got to check in on it and see how it's grown because... I don't know what we've added to this dough or what the secret ingredient is, but it, it's it's growing arms and legs and mass. Yeah, and a mind of its own, if you will. Yeah, and look, don't say you weren't warned, right? Don't say we <laughs> didn't fucking tell you, because we started, we've been talking about this, like you said, on and off for the entire duration of Jack of All Graves, almost in our third year now, friends. Yeah. Right? We're coming up on three years in August, and we've been kind of talking about this on and off pretty much the entire time. But it's getting worse quicker than we could ever have imagined. Much quicker. Like, uh, listen, we thought, well, no, I'm not going to say we thought this. I think, Mark, you thought yeah. AI was in a place where we could have a laugh about it for a while. I, yeah, back in the day, right? And let's, let's just kind of try and recall, just try and sketch a picture of where AI was when you and I first when became we started aware of it. This, as yeah. The threat which it inevitably is, is blossoming right. into. Wasn't it fun when you could open up Dali and, you know, give it a prompt mm-hmm. and wait maybe 30, 40 seconds for it to spit out a kind of a cubist, yeah. abstract <laughs> right. uh, approximation of what the vibes of your prompt might have might have led yeah, a computer like, to imagine. Yeah, like forget weird hands. It was like you were barely getting exactly. any form of detail at all. Like at that like point. a like a, a photo that you'd left out in the rain for the ink to run. Right. It's know, like when that lady tried to fix the Jesus painting. Exactly this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an approximation. It's a vibe associated with the the prompt that you've put in. Yeah. In no time at all. Like really in no fucking time at all. Uh I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that AI and its capacity to generate approximations of actual creative works uh, has matured (laughs) ridiculously quickly to the point where the beginnings of the cultural fucking tectonic plates, mate. (laughs) <laughs> the shifting of those cultural tectonic plates is already beginning to happen. Yes. Not, you know, a year or two after we started talking about this for the first time. Yeah. And it's fascinating to see how far this has come. Um, and then as a result of that, how quickly this has become yeah. sort of catastrophic for people in their jobs. I mean, someone pointed out on Twitter last week um, that, you know, you remember that trend from three or four months ago or whatever, where everyone was making like AI profile pictures. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And one of the things about that that I thought was wild was that those weren't free. (laughs) You had to pay for those, which I'm like, that's a that's a hard rule for me as a no. I'm not Mm. paying for an app. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, And so, you know, bajillions of people paid to have those dumbass profile pictures that, you know, are just like body dysmorphia in an AI form um, put up. And what this person on Twitter pointed out was like, what you did in paying for that was prove that people will pay for AI generated content. And within months, 
that has become the crux of so many issues in terms of uh, employment. Uh, well, I know here in the United States, I don't know about Britain, but very much so here. How's about this for an illustration of just how quickly we've come uh, this far, right? Yeah. I, I was talking about image generation mm-hmm. um, where, you know, you could create what were absolutely abstract landscapes uh, with noticeable kind of elements sewn into them. Oh, that kind of looks like a figure. That's an eye. That's a fucking mm-hmm. car, a piece of furniture. Uh, and when 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 did we do that episode when I was generating pictures of fucking Fred West and McDonald's or whatever like a year ago let's say a <laughs> yeah, year it was ago probably about a year argument. ago <laughs> okay so in March this year uh, March of 2023 a German photographer by the name of Boris L Dagson uh, entered a photo into the Sony World Photography Award and mm-hmm. won it won the fucking competition won it with an entirely AI generated image, which he, uh, you know, which he touched up with editing software, which he finessed, mm-hmm. but the actual source of the image itself was entirely AI, entirely computer generated, um, and was able to fool uh, uh, a, a, a super prestigious, you know, globally recognized award panel. <laughs> right. Which is insane um and hugely have you seen the photo have you seen the picture yeah i have seen it i've Mm. uh it was on like bbc news or whatever like a few months ago you can sort of tell well that's the thing if you know what you're looking for yeah i guess it's it's interesting to me because ai has found a style um Mm. similar to like how like nfts all have a look and there's no reason that nfts should all look the same they're all done by different artists or whatever but it became like this is a style and AI has like kind of a like a sheen to it. Yes, it does. A, yes, a lot it does. Of the yes, time. it like does. Yes, it does. There's something shiny about yeah. AI yeah. generated versions of things. Um, and of course, as people have said, like looking at hands and stuff like that, Interestingly, there's things in, that it tends to get wrong. Uh, in this photo of Boris Aldagson's, it's got hands in it. It's got three hands in it and they look. And they look fine. Yes. But again, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. he, he worked on it too. Um, yeah, it's not a hard and fast rule on that. But we also, at the same time, you know, have seen uh, chat GPT uh, sort of skyrocket in popularity. And of course, every time we put anything into that, we are further training chat GPT and we play with that. That's a great point. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what these things have done. That's why they have moved so fast that every time uh, your uh, Dolly, your Mid Journey, your chat GPT, things like that go viral... All of a sudden, you're getting hundreds of thousands, millions more pieces of input to train these AI. And ChatGPT, yeah. I will confess that I've I've recently started employing ChatGPT. I've started using it in my work. I've started using it in work. This is, Um, like, I have heard people say, like, when it comes to, like, things like forms. Exactly. um, And, like, you know, trainings that are, like, uh, kind of rote Yep. Um, you can use it for that kind of thing. What I found it fantastic for is uh, giving you a giving you a first step, giving you a nudge, giving right. you you know uh, 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 some kind of thematic copy you can use to build on. Now herein lies the problem because that sounds great, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Now, my job, I'm a writer. Yep. I'm looking through jobs. Obviously, as a freelancer. You often don't work for one place. You look for other places you can write and things like that. 
in the past month or so, when I look at other writing jobs, it's gone from, you know, content writers to like writing the stuff yourself to now mm. what they want is someone who will just copy edit their AI because the AI is your starting point, right? And then all you need is someone you can pay for like an hour of work to come in and just make sure it makes sense. Make sure it's fact check, make sure that it it makes sense, all that kind of stuff. And so already, like I'm seeing myself put out of a job here. Something that would be, you know, uh, that I would get paid 60 bucks an hour for seven hours of work on. Now I'm going to get $15 to edit, right? (laughs) And uh, these... Uh, with you like and with other people who are using it for stuff like that this is a jumping off point for this thing well eventually they're going to stop hiring people like you they're going to start just having the machine do it and have someone like you come in and edit it fix it up you say you say eventually yeah Right, eventually. Um, I say eventually about your job The firm that I work for, right? The firm that (laughs) I work for announced this week uh, that it's going to reduce its workforce by about 55,000 people by 2030. me. Oh, yeah. 55,000. Yep. uh, It it believes it can replace around about 10,000 of those jobs with AI. Ugh. Right? So, fuck eventually. Fuck Mm -hmm. eventually. I mean, it's here, right? Like, exactly It has happened. It's, um, it's happening. All, I mean, we're seeing this with the uh, writers strike that's going on right now that one yeah, of yeah, yeah, these yeah, yeah. writers have talked about as well is like basically they're being asked to do that. The AI will write the script. Yes. And then the writers are supposed to come in and just humanize it, zhuzh it, yes. make it yes. sound like, you know, people where the the AI can't do it. Mm-hmm. We're ha- we have... Even on like these like basically this isn't the same thing as AI, but like, you know, our local New Jersey uh, news thing was talking about how there's like a, a new robot cafe in uh, in New Jersey. And so like, you know, now instead of having people serve you, they can just have a robot do it. Right. That's just a thing that's been around in Japan and stuff Sounds like, like that. Sounds like the uh, Back to the 80s cafe in Back to the Future 2. Well, right. Like all of this is very much <laughs> like mm. Back to the Future-y. Um, but like we're in this moment where it's like, okay, your service job can be replaced by a robot. Your yes. writing job, your art, your your job as doing trainings for a major company and whatever else, all those 10,000 people that they can replace. Yeah. Uh, all this can be done with AI. It's the, touching. The, the people I design and schedule training for are generally customer service people, retail mm-hmm. staff. Uh, if, if, if so many thousands of those are going to be replaced by AI, yeah. well, who am I, who the fuck am I? Right, yeah. Who are you? Who do you train? Designing then? learning like, programs this, for, you know? What is yes. this for? And that means that, you know, it's not just your company this is happening with. This no, is a no, thing no. that companies everywhere are realizing, oh, we can save money by having these programs do this instead and maybe hiring someone to check on them. Uh, but like when it in, comes to customer in February, service, there yeah. was an internal document from Google that got leaked. Um Ooh. that stated that hypothetically mm. ChatGPT could get hired as an entry-level coder if it interviewed. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, and that's... <laughs> Just in and of itself. Right. And so the thing about this is, like, obviously, I like what I do. 
You know, of I course. would like yeah, yeah, yeah. to keep doing this on top of the fact that, like, I need a job, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that this, like, raises that we aren't even close to broaching in most of our Western societies yeah. is that, like, we we exist to propel capitalism forward. 100%. And when we don't have a use, there is nothing as a backup for that. We don't have universal basic income. We don't yes. even have healthcare here. If you don't Our have, if you're not useful to capital. society has been built around forwarding capitalism by the yes. toil by our by our intellectual physical toil and being right. c- recompensed financially for that model that's what it's all based on exactly and, you know the the list of professions which which are in no time at all going to be you know if not made redundant seismically upended where do we even begin i mean all kind of media, mm-hmm. yep. advertising, uh, technical writing, for example, writing mm-hmm. manuals mm-hmm. and processes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, 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 the, I've discussed this with Laura, who, as you know, works in the legal industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck paying anyone to write me a will now. Fuck that. Right, yeah. Fuck <laughs> paying anyone to draft me a letter or, you know, draft a document. No way. Absolutely no way. Right. Um this pretty crazy shit happening music wise you know you can mm-hmm. plug you can plug chat gpt into whatever software you're using to record give it verbal prompts and right. it will you know engineer music for you which is which is a, 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 a <coughs> credible facsimile of anything you could care to suggest right yeah and there's no i mean it's one of those things where it's like this would be a bummer right like to be you know oh people are now uh, only getting to hear and read and watch things that are made by AI. That would suck uh, in general. Yes, it but would. It that, would completely suck. But beyond that, because we also, if we are not useful to capital, have no safety nets, means that now you are plunging people, often in middle-class jobs, <laughs> into yeah. poverty, right? Yes. Like, we're not yes. talking about, like, you know, simply replacing someone who makes minimum wage. We're talking about people who support middle-class families on these salaries are now being AI'd out of a job. What do we do with that? Well, I mean, I, it's, it's tempting to suspect that it's that angle, which you've just outlined, which is behind the sudden kind of temperature change when it comes to regulation, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the guy who actually, uh, uh, he's the chief executive of OpenAI, the guys behind, of course, ChatGPT, Dolly, and so on. He testified to Congress uh, a week or two ago. And even he is broadly supportive of, you know, some kind of regulation, whether that's a new body. It'll have to be a new body. You can't update any, you know, anything on the books currently to support, to, to you know, to cater to something as fucking new and, and dangerous as this. Um I use I mean, that word advisedly, you... by the way. I'm not just being kind of hyperbolic yeah. when I say hyperbolic, hyperbolic, hyperbolic. Sure. I'm not just being that. <laughs> I, I, I use the word dangerous, intent, you know, yeah. with, with full intent. I believe that there is danger here. And that's, I mean, regulation is 
useless when it comes down to it, right? Because like there's we yes. regulate everything, mm. and it doesn't. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You make you know, point. it's easily stripped away the second you have like a conservative in office or things like that. For one, regulations are not permanent. Look at mm. Live Nation and Ticketmaster, for example, yes. who should not exist in no, that no, no. form based on the regulations that exist, and, and yet. Here Do they you are. think for a moment that the the China or Russia are going <laughs> right. to regulate themselves when it comes to developing this kind of? Yeah, like it, it, exactly. None of this can be, for that matter, like anywhere. There's no going to not going to be any universal regulation of this kind of stuff. And, and on mm. top of that, that still doesn't provide a actual physical safety net for people to say no. like like no matter what no matter what degree of leg- legislation goes on uh, of this that's not going to bring back yeah these jobs there needs to be something there to say that like basically our we can't be we can't live as only uh being recognized as human uh, yeah. because of what we produce and how our labor is exploited, because there's going to be a lot of people who now cannot labor. Their jobs yeah, are I gone. Mean, just <laughs> you know? off the top of my head, right? In the UK, there are currently uh, almost 42,500 people employed in contact centers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 an AI voice and a chatbot are going to be doing all of those jobs. Exactly, yeah. Think forty-two thousand people suddenly unemployed. What does that do, not only to the individuals and their families, but to the economy on the whole? This benefits the you know the capitalists, the people who own all of the means of production, but it only has negative effects for the workers. There's no positive to this for those of us at the bottom who simply will not have jobs because we can be replaced by right. are something we, else. Are we being Grandpa Simpson here? <laughs> I I mean, maybe, but I think people who are experts in this, you know, and I've seen a lot of this with the WGA stuff, the writer strikes and everything, yeah. seem to be sounding this alarm and have been sounding this alarm for a long time. Yeah, and now we're acting like... For both of us, right? Mm. We are two people in very disparate industries. Our, what we do has nothing to do with each other. There's no overlap with our careers. No overlap at all. all. No. And we are seeing this already in our jobs. It's an excellent <laughs> right? point. On opposite sides of the globe. Opposite sides of the globe. Completely different industries. And that is an excellent finding point. This. Mm. And I'm sure that many of our listeners are in industries where they're seeing this. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that that that's kind of my angle this, right. this evening, you know. I think everyone, everyone listening in some way, shape or form stands to feel an impact of, you know, a, a, a computer program that can do your job for you. Right. I don't think and there's I, anyone who escapes that. Yeah, and I think that, like... The thing about this that makes me feel like I'm not simply old man yelling at cloud here is that I think that we need to be aware of this, right? That, like, the only way it doesn't do this is if we get ahead of it and that we don't get complacent with it. Um, And I think that is a risk that we take by having fun with all of this AI stuff, by, like, not taking seriously how easily it gets into all of our... 
um, yes. industries and things like that, we are not paying enough attention to the fact that, like, I mean, regulation does need to happen of this, but, like, we're seeing more strikes in general around labor and things oh, like Christ, that. And yeah. we're having, like, a huge sort of awakening in terms of labor. And what I think that it is very important for us to pay attention to AI specifically as a labor issue and to think about whether that means, you know, like we need socialism, we need communism, we need people to own the means of production, we need to own our own labor here. <laughs> um, or, you know, also the idea of universal basic income, basic social safety nets, like these are things that we have to be paying attention to and looking at AI as a labor mm. issue. Yeah, it could mm. be a lot of fun, whatever. We can all play fun and games with this once we've made sure <laughs> that we don't all starve because of it. <laughs> yeah, and the context you put it in there, I think is super valuable. I mean, you know, the the labor market, uh, you mentioned strikes, right? Strikes here are, I cannot remember a fucking time in, in my 44 years of such widespread and persistent right. strike action. You know what I mean? The, the mm -hmm. trains are still on strike. Nurses are still on strike. Yeah. Uh, nurses, for fuck's sake. Nurses, nurses doctors. Yeah. And if that, if that is the historical context into which this fucking seismic event is happening, mm -hmm. we're kind of already on the back foot in a pretty major way when it yeah. comes to our relationship with our essential services. Yeah. Very much. Very much so. Um, I think, yeah, we are at a point that I think can be a turning point or is a turning point and it's not entirely clear which way it's going to go, where I think we are hip to labor, we are hip to what's going on mm. and that we are all being exploited um, and, you know, we want to change those kinds of things. Well, one the, thing that gives me a lot of optimism Mm -hmm. is that historically, as a as a species and as a culture, we've been really good at noticing the warning signs of disasters <laughs> happening yeah. to us and, and changing. And just like really getting ahead of that. Yeah, we, we, we're not, yeah. you know. Notoriously good at, at reading the signs. This is what and... we do. We adapt, yeah. improvise and overcome. This is mm -hmm. what we do. So yeah. I, I, I for Famously. one, am sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean... Now, yeah, I think that it's an interesting moment, and AI is one of one of many labor issues right now. They're kind of at the fore. Like you said, like in Britain, the amount of, of striking. I mean, the first time I was there, my train was canceled <laughs> because of the strikes. This time I ran across a strike while just, like, being walking through the streets of Birmingham. Like, it's all over the place. Here we have them constantly, you know, right here in New York City, over in L.A., these WGA strikes, Starbucks strikes, unionizing strippers, like all these kinds of different things that are happening right now in terms of labor movements um, can be like this amazing turning point, much like, you know, in the, the Gilded Age, turning from the Gilded Age into the progressive era, we saw mm. so such huge labor movements that have made the gains that we can look at today, but so many of those labor gains have been stripped mm. over the years <laughs> since the progressive era in the, you know, 1920s, uh, 1910s, 1920s. And we could have 
another era like that and do better and know how these things can be stripped away from us and stop that kind of huge inequality from happening. But we have to be aware that things like AI are part of the labor issue. And we have to be aware that we need to sort of harness what power we can, make unions normal, make owning the means of production normal, things like that, uh, if we're going to move forward and not be totally hosed by it. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of ifs. Right, yeah, and that's what's scary, is that it's like, that. none of that is a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. Not and at all, that's not why at all. I think we have to raise that alarm, you know, ring that bell and be like, pay the fucking, uh, pay fucking attention to what's going on right now. I mean, it it feels to me as though it's one to just put on the shelf next to climate change. It's just <laughs> right, you know what of I mean? existential uh, threats that are upon this, us, but we're not. Yeah, uh, I think totally it, was, it, it was it was last week that it hit the news that we're likely to breach uh, that one point five yeah C threshold very quickly. Twenty twenty seven is the predicted yeah. yeah. Fuck so me. just put it on the shelf there next to next to all of the other existential crises. Well, look, one thing I can tell you, all of you listening today, that maybe the world is about to end. Mm. But no one should have to go through that alone. And we're going to be here for you every single week. Amen. Every single week, all you have to do is press play and you've got us to endure the end times with you. Absolutely. We are straight up podcasting through the end of the world. Yes, I feel great about it. Me too. Dear friends... We love you, and this week, you're one directive in this chaos. By order of your new AI overlords, stay spooky. 